Now we shall be reading part 2 of lesson 8, Civil Procedure Code 1908 of Paper 1, Jurisprudence, Interpretation and General Laws. 8.5. Jurisdiction of Courts and Venue of Suits Jurisdiction means the authority by which a court has to decide matters that are brought before it for adjudication. The limit of this authority is imposed by charter, statute or a commission. If no such limit is imposed or defined, the jurisdiction is said to be unlimited. A limitation on jurisdiction of a civil court may be of four kinds. These are Jurisdiction over the subject matter Place of suing or territorial jurisdiction Jurisdiction over persons Pecuniary jurisdiction depending on pecuniary value of the suit. 1. Jurisdiction over the subject matter the jurisdiction to try certain matters by a certain court is limited by statute. Example, a small cause court can try suits for money due under a promissory note or a suit for price of work done. 2. Place of suing or territorial jurisdiction A territorial limit of jurisdiction for each court is fixed by the government. Thus, it can try matters falling within the territorial limits of its jurisdiction. 3. Jurisdiction over persons All persons of whatever nationality are subject to the jurisdiction of the civil courts of the country except a foreign state, its ruler or its representative except with the consent of central government. 4. Pecuniary jurisdiction depending on pecuniary value of the suit Section 6 deals with pecuniary jurisdiction and lays down that save in so far as is otherwise expressly provided, courts shall only have jurisdiction over suits, the amount or value of which does not exceed the pecuniary limits of any of its ordinary jurisdiction. There is no limit on pecuniary jurisdiction of high courts and district courts. Jurisdiction may be further classified into the following categories depending upon their powers. 1. Original jurisdiction. A court tries and decides suits filed before it. 2. Appellate jurisdiction. A court hears appeals against decisions or decrees passed by subordinate courts. 3. Criminal and appellate jurisdiction. The Supreme Court, the High Courts and the District Courts have both original and appellate jurisdiction in various matters. Courts to try all civil suits unless barred. Section 9 of Civil Procedure Code states that courts shall have jurisdiction to try all suits of a civil nature, excepting suits of which their cognizance is either expressly or impliedly barred. The explanation appended to the section provides that a suit in which the right to property or to an office is contested is a suit of civil nature notwithstanding that such right may depend entirely on the decision on questions as religious rites or ceremonies. Civil courts have jurisdiction to entertain a suit of civil nature unless barred by law. Every person has an inherent right to bring a suit of a civil nature. Civil court has jurisdiction to decide the question of its jurisdiction, although, as a result of the inquiry, it may be found that it has no jurisdiction over the matter. Jurisdiction depends not on the truth or falsehood of facts, 
but upon their nature. Jurisdiction is determinable at the commencement, not at the conclusion of the inquiry. Rex v. Boltan, 1841, 1 QB, 66, 74 A suit is expressly barred if a legislation expressly says so, and it is impliedly barred if a statute creates new right or liability and prescribes a particular tribunal or forum for its assertion. When a right is created by a statute and a special tribunal or forum is provided for its assertion and enforcement, the ordinary civil court would have no jurisdiction to entertain such disputes. 8.6. Stay of Suit. Doctrine of Res Subjudice. Section 10 provides that no court shall proceed with the trial of any suit in which the matter in issue is also directly and substantially in issue in a previously instituted suit between the same parties or between parties under whom they or any of them claim litigating under the same title where such suit is pending in the same or any other court in India having jurisdiction to grant the relief claimed or in any court beyond the limits of India established or continued by the central government and having like jurisdiction or before the Supreme Court. However, the pendency of a suit in a foreign court does not preclude the courts in India from trying a suit founded on the same cause of action. To prevent courts of concurrent jurisdiction from simultaneously trying two parallel suits in respect of same matter in issue, Section 10 is enacted. The purpose is also to avoid conflict of decision. It is really intended to give effect to the rule of res judicata, the institution of second suit is not barred by section 10. It merely says that the trial cannot be proceeded with. A suit was instituted by the plaintiff company alleging infringement by the defendant company by using trade name of medicine and selling the same in wrapper and carton of identical design with same color combination etc. as that of plaintiff company. A subsequent suit was instituted in a different court by the defendant company against the plaintiff company with the same allegation. The court held that subsequent suit should be stayed as simultaneous trial of the suits in different courts might result in conflicting decisions as issue involved in two suits was totally identical. Messrs. Wings Pharmaceuticals Private Limited and another versus Messrs. Swan Pharmaceuticals and others. AIR 1999-PAT-96 Even though if a case is not governed by the provisions of the section and matters in issue may not be identical, yet the courts have inherent powers to stay suit on principle analogous to Section 10. Essential Conditions for Stay of Suits There must be two suits instituted at different times. The matter in issue in the latter suit should be directly and substantially in issue in the earlier suit. Such suit should be between the same parties. Such earlier suit is still pending either in the same court or in any other competent court but now before a foreign court. If these conditions exist, the later suit should be stayed 
till the disposal of earlier suit, the findings of which operate as res judicata on the later suit. For the applicability of Section 10, the two proceedings must be suits. Example, suit for eviction of tenant in a rent control statute cannot be sought to be stayed under Section 10 of Civil Procedure Code on the ground that tenant has earlier filed a suit for specific performance against the landlord on the basis of agreement of sale of disputed premises in favour of the tenant. In such a case, it cannot be said that the matter in earlier suit for specific performance is directly and substantially in issue in later suit for eviction. The reason is that a suit for specific performance of contract has got nothing to do with the question regarding the relationship of landlord and tenant. Regarding the inherent powers under Section 151, these would also not be used for staying the eviction suit as the same would frustrate the very purpose of the legislation. Therefore, invoking the powers of the court under this section on the facts and circumstances of the case amounts to an abuse of the process of the court and there can be no doubt that such a course cannot be said to subserve the ends of the justice. N.P. Tripathi versus Dayamanti Devi, AIR, 1988, P.A.T. 1-2-3 8.7. Place of Suing, Territorial Section 15 lays down that every suit shall be instituted in the court of the lowest grade to try it, according to Section 16, Subject to the pecuniary or other limitations prescribed by any law, the following suits relating to property shall be instituted in the court within the local limits of whose jurisdiction the property is situated. a. For recovery of immovable property with or without rent or profits. b. For partition of immovable property. c. For foreclosure of sale or redemption in the case of a mortgage or charge upon immovable property d. For the determination of any other right to or interest in immovable property. e. For compensation for wrong to immovable property. f. For the recovery of movable property, actually distraint or attachment. It has also been provided by a proviso that where relief could be obtained through personal obedience of the defendant, such suit to obtain relief for compensation or respecting immovable property can be instituted either in a local court within whose local limits of jurisdiction the property is situated or in the court within whose local limits of jurisdiction the defendant voluntarily resides or carries on business or personally works for gain. According to the explanation, property means property situated in India. Where immovable property is situated within the jurisdiction of different courts. Where the jurisdiction for a suit is to obtain relief respecting or compensation for wrong to immovable properties situated within the local limits of jurisdiction of different courts, the suit may be instituted in any court within the local limits of whose jurisdiction the property is situated, provided the value of the entire claim is summarized by such court. Section 17. Where local limits of jurisdiction of courts are uncertain. Where jurisdiction is alleged to be uncertain as being within the local limits of the jurisdiction of which of two or more courts any immovable property is situated, then any of the said courts 
may proceed to entertain the suit after having recorded a statement to the effect that it is satisfied that there is ground for such alleged uncertainty. Section 18 Where wrong done to the person or to movable property Where a suit is for compensation for wrong done to the person or to movable property, if the wrong was done within the local limits of the jurisdiction of one court and the defendant resides or carries on business or personally works for gain within the local limits of the jurisdiction of another court, the suit may be instituted at the option of the plaintiff in either of the courts. Section 19. Other suits. Other suits to be instituted where defendants reside or cause of action arises subject to the limitations provided by Section 15, 16, 18 and 19, every suit shall be instituted in a court within local limits of whose jurisdiction the defendant or each of the defendants, where there are more than one defendant, actually and voluntarily resides or carries on business or personally works for gain or where such defendant actually and voluntarily resides or carries on business or personally works for gain, provided either the leave of the court is obtained or the defendant or defendants who do not reside or carry on business or personally work for gain at such place summarized in such institution or where the cause of action arises only or in part. Section 20 In the case of a body corporate or company, it shall be deemed to carry on business as its sole or principal office in India. Or in case of any cause of action arising at any other place, if it has a subordinate office at such place, where there might be two or more competent courts which could entertain a suit consequent upon a part of cause of action having arisen therewith if the parties to the contract agreed to vest jurisdiction in one such court to try the dispute. Such an agreement would be valid. Angel Insulations versus Davy Ashmore India Limited 1995-3-Scale-203 With this, we end Part 2 of Audio Lesson 8, Civil Procedure Code 1908. Please do listen to the next part.